Hi all, and welcome to episode 23 of our Professional Perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me, Maybeth. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 25 to be able to share the service they're doing in their communities. We launched our Professional Perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Maida is a risk management oh my God, analyst and the co-founder and CEO of Inara. She recently graduated from Babson College in Boston, Massachusetts, and is a Bay Area native. In college, she majored in finance, strategic management, and entrepreneurship, while also studying abroad in opportunities in London, Dubai, Paris, and Singapore. At Babson, she was incredibly involved with her Women's Leadership Scholarship cohort, served in various leadership positions in Alpha Kappa Psi and co-ed, a co-ed business fraternity, and was a part of the honors program, writing her own senior thesis on cross-border entrepreneurship. Aside from her college and career achievements, she's a huge tennis fan, loves traveling and learning about different cultures and experimenting in the kitchen with new recipes and listening to podcasts like this one. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. May that's so great to be able to speak with you today. I know we talked briefly before when we were discussing VC opportunities and when I saw, you know, your, your, um, your team present at the College Network. So I'm so great that, grateful that we were able to get you on this podcast to share with our audiences more about Inara and really how it's rooted in a social impact drive. So I'm, I'm awesome. It's, it's so awesome to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Alicia. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, of course, super happy to have been able to connect and meet. Cool. So why don't we just dive into questions then and start with a little bit of your background in um, entrepreneurship and business as a whole. What drove you to pursue, pursue business at Babson? Yeah, so I've always wanted to know, or I've always known that I wanted to pursue business and entrepreneurship. The earliest recollection I really have is I remember being like in the third or fourth grade, being super obsessed with greeting cards and wanting to design my own ones. Ever since then, I felt like I've had the bug for business, entrepreneurship at all. And in high school, I was really involved with our DACA chapter. I helped get it started, served as president for like a year and a half, and really helped it grow into a strong club. DACA um, is a really integral business club. I learned some really key business concepts, realized I love finance and numbers, majoring in it in college, but I also really got the opportunity to pursue different entrepreneurship projects, then was able to even do that through like a business class in the high school level and ended up winning first place in this pitch competition that we did. So it was simultaneously learning that as much as I love finance and numbers, entrepreneurship is still like a huge passion for me. And that all led me to apply to Babson, which I feel like I need to tout it. It is the number one school for entrepreneurship. So it felt like it was the perfect place to end up to study business and entrepreneurship. And at college, everyone is super amazing. And there, there's so many different like clubs and conversations happening around campus between students. And I've had the chance to like hear so many different business ideas 
And that's been so inspiring for me. I love hearing the why behind people and their journeys. And it all just made me reflect on what was my big why? What did I want to accomplish? So I spent a lot of college just exploring that why, exploring the entrepreneur that I wanted to become. And then without even realizing it, I guess I ended up becoming one of them. And it's been a super exciting journey to be able to, I guess, call myself an entrepreneur myself. That is so incredible. And you know, I love that you mentioned you wanted to figure out other people's whys and getting that personal connection with other people. The entrepreneurship world is all about networking. And if you do it right, it is more than just getting to know someone's title and what job they're at. It's really getting to know why did they become who they are? Where are they going with it? And keep asking and drilling that why, because I think that tells a such, such a bigger story and such a bigger um, picture of who the person really is and how they came to be. And, you know, when we're, when we're talking about how colleges can really nurture that, I think it's awesome that Babson has those conversations between students and you can kind of see the entrepreneurial minds just twisting and turning, whether it's like on the lawn having lunch. I've had very similar experiences at UT Austin where students are just so open to collaborating with each other and bouncing ideas off of each other and really having that open conversation. So I'm so glad that you were able to you know, <laughs> get that experience and where that led you now. But you know, a part of that open conversation is discussing what's going on in today's day and age. And what is going on in today's day and age is a lot of social impact. I think we're having an increase of social consciousness. So you know, what does social justice mean for you specifically? For sure. Social justice is a huge and it's like a really important topic to me. And it's a matter of educating myself about what's going on in the world. Like you said, there's a lot going on and it's important to be informed and aware. But more than that, I think the second piece for me was always finding my voice and advocating for what I think is right and learning as much as I can from those who are way more experienced than I am. And I felt like in high school, this was slightly less of a conversation I had or was aware of. And that's what meant like going to college meant that I had like my eyes were totally open. I took a justice and inequality class my first semester of college. And it absolutely changed some of the trajectory of my college experience. I ended up taking more of those social justice centered classes. And I think that they really rounded out like a business education because it reminds you every day that you might live in this microcosm that's your college community, but there's like a real world out there. There's real problems and like real injustices. So it's like a reminder to like go outside your bubble. And then yeah. for me, an, an area that I'm really passionate about is female empowerment. So for me, that's the area that really speaks to me. I've been surrounded by a community of strong women. So I've always tried to educate myself and be that person and learn more and Babson and it's like women's entrepreneurship initiatives really gave me that community to like pursue my version of social justice and find my community. Yeah, 100%. And so much of what you're saying is so aligned to the mission of this podcast, where it's about, you know, not only finding what you're passionate about and finding your community and what really resonates with you um, and that has affected you, but then taking it one step further and actually talking about it and speaking about it. And, you know, when it comes to female empowerment, you and I can both agree that it's, you know, we've made a lot of progress, but there's still 
so much that we can make. And it's all through, you know, realizing our experiences and, and really feeling our experiences and then being open and vulnerable enough to share them with the world. For me, I was able to do that through conference speaking. You know, I really enjoy researching about certain topics that have been affected by myself and hardships that I've gone through and grounding that in some data and science and then going to conferences and going to youth and educating them through, through speaking, through motivational topics and conversations. And I think for you, I feel like it would be fair to say that you did it through your entrepreneurial sense. You were able to resonate social justice and convert it into a startup. So why, why did you start Inara? And can you shed some light as to what Inara actually is? Yeah, absolutely. So my journey with starting Inara is I'm someone who is of South Asian descent and I've really grappled with my hyphenated identity. I'm both, my parents are from India and, but I grew up in the U.S. I was born and raised here. So, you know, you live like these two dual identities. So I just always realized that it, we didn't, talk enough about what being this dual identity meant. And it was just like this weird unknown ground that we had to traverse by ourselves. An example that I think really resonated with me and a lot of other people was that in my house, we use a ton of South Asian products. These are products that my parents grew up using. I really had no connection to them other than my parents used it. So of course by default, I use them. And that was this major disconnect. And I wanted to find a community that celebrated dual identities, gave voice to these identities, and also started having these conversations of how can we find products that resonate with us. So that brings me to what Inara is. And we are designing it to be a quarterly subscription box that's going to introduce different South-based South Asian and South Asian Americans, so like dual identities like myself, female entrepreneurs and their products. We really want to focus it to like a Gen Z millennial cusp audience because we feel like these are really conscious consumers. And we really want to harness that feeling of finding a product that's like made and designed for you and not just one, but like several. And then opening that door to have conversations to be like, yeah, this is my lived in experience. Let's talk a little more about like where we are today. That is so awesome. And, you know, when we first talked and when I first heard your presentation at the college venture pitch, I immediately resonated with it. You know, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, South Asian living a dual identity in, in the Americas and just having to, I guess, grapple with the fact that I want to be in touch with my cultural roots, but at the same time, I'm growing around, I'm growing up around people who don't look like me, don't have the same, you know, heritage and culture as me. And I want to quote unquote fit in and use the products that other people are using. So there's just so many moving parts to this. And I think companies like Live Tinted and Mango Cosmetics, and I'm really into the beauty and fashion, you know, industries. So that's kind of where I've geared towards, but companies like that are doing such a great job of balancing both the cultural sense of being of South Asian descent, but then bringing it to mainstream media and for, you know, Gen Z population who are immigrant children 
in the United States. And so I, I love to see Inara kind of following that same path and same mission of, of social justice for the South Asian community. But can you shed a little more about the mission and, and specifically your emphasis on social justice um, through Inara? Yeah, absolutely. And to really touch on your point with Mango People Cosmetics and Live Tinted, one of the greatest things is that they're these big brands who really honed in on like that target consumer that they want. And they made me feel hard and such a huge feeling. But finding these brands is, are really difficult. So that's another great part of uh, Nara's. We want to make it easier to find these brands. You shouldn't have to pour through hours of Instagram and going down through people's follows to discover products that speak to you. So that was a thing I just wanted to add in there. Absolutely. As for the details behind Anara, our mission is one, we really want to help people with those hyphenated identities discover and speak more about what it means to like have these dual identities and dual cultures. And it's this whole balancing act and having conversations of how to best balance your cultures and how to celebrate both parts of yourself so that you feel like you're your biggest, you're the most authentic version of yourself. And the second one, which again, also really speaks to me is the ability to empower female creators and entrepreneurs. Um, we, as a team, did a lot of research around female entrepreneurship. It's an area that's really important to me. I wrote a whole honors thesis about it too. But some of the stuff was that, that we found was that there was very low percents of like female entrepreneurs owning their own companies. And it's even smaller in the Asian American population. If I remember correctly, we had like a US Census Bureau statistic that was like only 9% of these entrepreneurial ventures are owned by Asian Americans, but it's actually rising. So even within that statistic, it doesn't really do a great job breaking down by like different minority groups. So you can only assume that the South Asian entrepreneurial population is even smaller than that. So another mission behind Inara is being able to support upcoming and established female entrepreneurs and that they're selling by giving them another avenue and venue to do so. Yeah, that is so awesome. And those statistics really like ring home because, you know, I am also in the VC space. And so I come across so, so many deals and I work specifically with impact investing. And mm -hmm. I can literally count on my fingers how many times I've seen, you know, a South Asian founder, um, which now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably like two. So, you know, that is so <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. Like, we, we need some representation in there and we need to be highlighting companies that are, you know, that, that have that representation, that have that diversity, because it's not even diversity for the sake of just promoting the people, but it's diversity of thought as well. And I think that's something that Inara can definitely stand for because, you know, you're quite literally a box honing in all these different <laughs> products and perspectives and missions. And so I think that's super awesome. And hopefully, you know, fingers crossed that it goes very, very far VC world and, and further with your startups. So I think it'd be awesome if, if it really took off. Um, but being in the entrepreneurial space obviously is not easy. You know, we already talked about the statistics of South Asian founders like yourself, but even going further from that, you're a recent college graduate. 
and Mm -hmm. a youth and working in the social justice sphere. So there's a lot, you know, a lot of obstacles in there. So what are some lessons that you've learned while working on Inara? Absolutely. There's so many lessons and it was, it's great to just like sit and self-reflect on like what this journey has looked like already. I think too, too much big lessons for me. One is that like being an entrepreneur or being in the social justice space, being a recent graduate, all of these things make it really difficult. So it's like a tough process. And I don't think we talk about that enough. So often I find that my team and I were working on things that are so passionate and so excited. And I self-reflect and I have to ask myself, hey, am I doing the right thing to grow an aura in the right way? And there's never a concrete answer. And sometimes I'm great with the ambiguity, but sometimes I'd love for there to be a blueprint that's telling me you need to do X, Y, and Z to get the results that you want to see. But at the same time, I remind myself there is no blueprint to being an entrepreneur and growing and creating your own business. And as terrifying as that is, I think it's super crucial to just lean into that feeling, lean into the unknown and just like go all for it. You, I like strongly believe that you grow the most when you're the most uncomfortable. So doing as much as I can with that. That is so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. An extension to that though, that I think is like also really important to chat about is that it's like really important to be cognizant of your mental health while you're like being an entrepreneur and working on creating whatever it is that you're doing. And there's days where I feel great. I love working on an art and I make a lot of progress and there's days that are just slower and it's giving myself the like celebrating those achievements and those really great days, but then just like self-reflecting and assessing what, what happened with slower days and how to just take care of myself and take care of my mind and body because growth will always happen, but you can't be a tired person. You can't be like drained. That's not going to make you productive or your team productive. Yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, we talk about mental health so much here because our audience members are quite literally like the highest achievers Um, and not even in a school sense, not even in a college sense, like take away physical achievements to it. But our audience members here are already taking the first initiative and wanting to educate themselves about social justice. And that makes them a change maker. And when you have that kind of passion and drive, it's really easy to overwork yourself. It's really easy to keep wanting to go. I mean, when I was starting this podcast up, I quite literally, after my first episode, had to take a two-week break and just reflect and just, you know, write down all of the blueprints for myself, you know, write down what I wanted, where I wanted to go, where I envisioned this podcast going, what my mission was, really ask myself if we're bringing it full circle, what that why was. Um, And that was a lot of hard work, but it was also a necessary break from just running the podcast because breaks like that are such a good, I think, restart point mentally, Mm -hmm. physically for your body and nobody's sustainable if they just keep going, you know? (laughs) Um, So, so my biggest advice for all of our listeners is I know you have the drive. I know you have the passion, but make sure to take those mental health checks and restart your body, restart your mind. Cause I think it just increases your productivity at the end of the day. And, you know, 
learn from experiences, learn from chatting with other people. Cause I think oftentimes we think of work in like a get down and sit in front of my computer sense and not enough with just learning about the messages behind products, learning behind, like going into a store and talking to the owner and just figuring out why they wanted to work at the store, just talking to people in a field that you're interested in and really just having those open conversations. But that is my piece of advice. I wanna wrap it up um, with, so, with one piece of advice that you have for youth, Mava, um, and then we can close off this podcast. Sure. My favorite piece of advice in college, I'm reflecting a lot on college. I'm like two months graduated, so it's a pretty big part of my life. But I lived in this community service um, housing tower, and we had the saying printed on our wall. It went, you only get what you give. And it became this thing that we made to each other whenever we met the other housing residents. We were just like, you only get what you give. And it started as a joke, but it really became something each of us like took to heart in a different manner. And for me, the biggest piece of advice is like each of us has the ability to make an impact and to harness whatever makes us really passionate, whatever drives us. And it's that a unique sense of urgency and ability that like each of us is able to create. So it's really just like harnessing whatever is important to you and striving to make any aspect of the world just a better place and that your contribution matters because you only get what you give so give selflessly and you'll be rewarded so that's the biggest thing I've learned from like being a college student working on Inara it's the biggest thing I will take with me for a long time I love that and I think that's such a beautiful note to end this on um get you know you only get what you give and give give selflessly because um, there's so many components to people and there's so much we have to offer whether we realize it or not and there's so many youth out there that are trying to find their path and not you know aren't cognizant right now of what they have to give but I promise it's so much um, even your knowledge even your voice you know I just came back from a a anti-bullying seminar and what a person shared was, you know, a story about how they stood up for their friend who was getting bullied. And most people don't recognize that as something that they gave, but that is something that they gave. They gave their voice, they gave their courage. And, you know, with that quote in mind, they'll definitely get something in return back. So that is so awesome to end on. Thank you so much, Maida, for being on our podcast today. Um, you can find Maida We'll link all of her LinkedIn website and Instagram. But if you want to contact her email, it's the Inara box at gmail.com. Um, be, for, be sure to follow our Instagram and Facebook pages also to stay updated on all of our scholarship opportunities, future podcasts, events. Um, that's at humanity.rising and at what cause inspires you. And also sign up for our weekly email newsletter at www.humanityrising.org. That is all we have out for today, but be sure to look for more episodes on our professional perspectives on what cause inspires you, as well as our newly founded cause of the month every single month event. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.